You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Checkman Podcast number 464. 464. Hello, David Cohen. I'm Tim Hello. Robertson. How are you? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> How did we end up on this again? I don't know. It's like a work release program for us. <laughs> community service. <laughs> Unfortunately for the community. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we were off last week. Um, I went to uh, up north to, well, more east, but family thing had to do and uh you know we got you got to do that the weather is still decent and it's not going to be soon so the family outings going places is going to go bye-bye until next spring here pretty soon so yeah we, we're well, already we're already past that we've gone we're, we're well into the um slightly cold very very wet um typical uh, autumn here in britain so yeah it's, it's it's, it's been really wet pleasant. here too, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the cold; it's the wet, the, yeah, the kind of the bone chilling dampness that, that everything's soggy is is not very nice. Well, I uh, last Sunday um, after we got back from our trip, I went and picked up a uh, flat top grill, mm-hmm. an outside grill. Now I've got a flat top thing steel thing that i put on top of the stove when i want to cook on a flat top yeah and it takes three quarters of the stove but the problem is it doesn't fit quite right and it makes the things underneath unbalanced and this is it's really heavy it's kind of a pain to use but i love cooking on a, a flat top steel i don't know if you've ever done that no funnily enough i've i've just um i'm waiting on kickstarter for a, a flat of like a flat steel that goes inside a large frying pan and turns it into like a a flat top griddle Huh. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to trying that. Well, this is an outdoor grill. It's a two burner, and I almost got a four burner, but then I started really looking, and I don't need something quite that big. But yeah. even so, this thing is fairly large, and um, it's steel, and it's untreated steel. So you literally have to. It's called seasoning it. You have to cook something very fatty on top of it to infuse that stuff into the steel and basically you're making it so it's cookable you can use it yeah well it rained every day since i picked it up (laughs) and you you can't have raw steel out in the rain because it will rust immediately and so we've been waiting and waiting and then the days that it didn't there was only two um i didn't get home till late and i can't do it in the dark but we did get it put together in a when it finally stopped raining yesterday, and we cooked bacon on it. Um, it and bacon is the one that they say you should because it's so oily and fatty, and it's like the best thing to to cook to pre-treat it. You don't have to eat the bacon, but you want that to infuse into the steel. Yeah. And so we did that last night, and um, I might go grab some hamburger or something today and cook that for lunch or something just to get a little bit more treatment. Yeah. But I, dude, it's, things cook so fat. Do you like a hamburger? Oh, yeah. So here's what I make, Um, and I've done it on the other one. I'm going to do it on this one maybe today. Uh, They're called smash burgers. You probably heard the term or not. Oh, No. So you basically take hamburger and you smash it almost flat on the grill itself. Mm-hmm. And those who don't know what a flat top is, think of uh, an old type of diner where they got the great big flats, you know, hunk of metal, and that's what they cook things on. That's all it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you could cook vegetables and all kinds of stuff on it, chicken and you name it. Anyways, the the flat burgers, smash burgers, you smash them down and literally each side cooks in like 30 seconds tops. Mm-hmm. Because this grill, when I'm making these, I, I put it up to like 450, 500 degrees. It's super hot. Yeah. And then um, you just do that. And then each person gets two burgers on their bun, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's they're super juicy and ugh. Yeah, that's what you want. Um, I, I we don't we don't eat a lot of uh, red meat. No, so, um, white that's meat. Like an, that's like oh, well, even we, we don't eat an awful lot of meat to be honest. But even the uh, the the red meat is rarer. Uh, excuse the pun. Yeah, we have less red meat than we have uh, chicken, uh, and uh, we eat a lot of fish, and then we have a lot of vegetable stuff as well. Not through any particular uh, choice. Um, you know, we're not. Uh, though we, rec- I recognise that you know, eating less red meat is, is good for carbon and that sort of thing. Yep. And probably good for good for us as well. But just because we eat kosher meat and uh, kosher meat's expensive, so it's easier to eat a lot less of it than you know. Than uh, I mean, I sometimes I hear people say, "Oh yeah, I got chicken last night," you know, and uh, we roasted up a chicken, and and you know, for a, for something you only spend three four pounds on, you get two meals out of that. I'm thinking. Three, four pounds for a chicken? Are you kidding me? Because kosher meat is a lot more than that. There's a lot more what? It's blessed. Lot expensive. It's blessed. Oh, well, it's that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, no comment on my end. <laughs> I think it's all silly. but And I don't mean just that. I mean all of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, teach their own. If it works for people, great. Just don't. Come knocking on my door on a Sunday at 5 a.m. and ask me if Jesus is in the house because he's not. And if he oh. was, he'd be angry for getting woke up too. <laughs> does, <laughs> does Jesus is can Jesus be found in anyone house anyone's house at 5 a.m.? You know there was a um, and it kind of went viral. Um, it's this girl. She goes, "Tell me one thing that most people think is in the Bible but isn't." And then there's this lady sitting there, and she has this weird look on her face, and she goes, white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. It is. It cracked me up answer, when I saw yeah. that. I was like, oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so anyways. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I enjoy people like that. Yeah, well, let's face it. Jesus came, came back in his original form today and tried to enter the United States. He'd probably be deported. Yeah, well, his message wouldn't get through to a whole group of people yeah that's for sure um let's talk about technology because it's been kind of an exciting three weeks since we last did a tech fan Mm -hmm. um have you downloaded and started using windows 11 at all uh i have it on one computer here same here um and uh i took a very quick look at it and then i've not i've not looked at it since the thing is is most of my computers um do not well well most of my computers will run Windows 11, but it's not being offered to them. And, yep. um, you know, they're, one's a work machine, so I'm not going to change that. And the, and the others, um, if it's not being offered, I'm not going to go through the thing. Of, well, it's a slow rollout. Yeah, but I'm not going to go through the thing of manually installing it and then finding that bits don't work. Yeah. I'm going to try and solve those problems. Because uh, I use my computers for real things. I don't, you know, don't have a lot of time to play around with them. So, yeah, I've got one machine that's a test machine that I'm going to have a look at it look at it when i get a chance i've got um, it on my uh 
HP laptop, the uh, one that you can also switch around to, to use as a tablet. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you, I downloaded it, I installed it. Uh, it went a lot quicker than I thought it would. And I played with it for maybe 20 minutes. Seriously, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. I launched a bunch of things and I tried some web browsing and, you know, on both laptop and, and uh, I guess you touch screen mode. And mm-hmm. it works fine. I mean, other than some of the cosmetic things, which I don't want to underestimate because I think cosmetics plays a huge part in how people interact with computers. Some people, oh, it's just, they just change the look of things. Well, even if that was the case, that's not a small thing. That's a big no. thing. Um, it is definitely more Mac-like. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's got a real flavor of Mac about it. Yeah. It's very, um, you know, but but I, I think generally, I mean, you with Windows, you always find the, the design only goes so far and then you hit the bits that are old and uh, it looks like the old version of Windows when you when you get there. So it's what, what the, is really with Windows, what that transition point is and how far you have to go to find it. Um, to it's really pretty far of, down the pipeline yeah. in Windows 11. They really did go pretty deep with this stuff. Yeah. I, I give Microsoft credit, who, by the way, is now, once again, the most valuable company in the world as of Sunday, October 31st, Halloween, 2000 and, um, what is it, 2021. Yeah. So, congrats to Microsoft. They're the most valuable. Yeah. What, whatever that means. Well, it'll change next Tuesday or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I, to be honest, though, I can see Windows making some headway into some possible Mac users because this is a significant upgrade. Um, supposedly, and we'll see how this plays out long term, it's way more um, robust against you know malware and that kind of thing. So Windows 10 was already pretty good. was getting pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the time when you hear about these um, companies that take over a network and you know lock people out, it's old versions of Windows. It's like Windows NT and Windows 98 and, or, you know. Or it's people who are, you know, they're not... Social engineering. Random, yeah, they're not getting random stuff off, off the web. They're being sent an email with a link in it that specifically exploits, um, you know, some combination of stuff on their Yeah, machine. never underestimate how dumb people can be. Yeah. We, yeah. we, have, we have somebody in my company who got one of those... Uh, this is about a couple of years ago now. Got one of those uh, emails saying, "Oh yeah, this is the CEO. It was named. It looked like it came from him." I'm in a meeting right now, but I've got an urgent request for you. Can oh, you that, please those get are me, so yeah. Can you please buy me 350 pounds of Amazon vouchers and send them straight over? Um, and she did. Yeah. <laughs> this woman didn't even work in finance. She was just like a regular staff. She this wasn't her job to do, uh, and she just kind of blindly did it and. Uh, yeah, she felt pretty stupid afterwards, but uh, she just kind of went for it, you know. I'm not surprised. No. Yeah. Because this is the kind of thing that happens, and some people are just like, oh, I guess I should go do that. Well, I, I think, you know, play devil's advocate for a minute. Some people, uh, yeah, what what, what um, these guys, first of all, these guys, they're experts in psychological techniques. Yes. In that they know well, what works. They're not, you know, I'm not saying they could write a paper on it, but what I'm saying is they know what works, right? This community of um, bad guys or everything, they, they share the techniques that work. And sending something that looks like it's from somebody senior 
to somebody junior who is, uh, you know, they're there, they're, they're there to do their job. They want to be helpful. People are, are and they exploit that. They, you know, it comes across as, I need a favour. Can you do me a favour? And they're so quick to respond to it. They never stop and think, why, why am I being asked to do this? Or maybe I should check this with somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we, she's not this particular lady. She's not the only person. We had somebody who very nearly did it, um, the same thing. And then uh, she just happened to mention she was about to do it to somebody sat next to her. And the person next to her said, don't do that. No, that's not that's not right. And then she realised, you know, but um, we've all done stupid things without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So. The other big news in operating systems, of course, was Apple released Mac OS Monterey, which is um, Mac OS 10, I guess you'd call it, version I think it, well, 12. It's version 12, Mac OS 10 version 12. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, well. That, this I don't have a Mac now, so this I have not seen. Um, I've downloaded it. I'm running it on my new on my um, regular machine. It took a long time. Unlike Windows, this took a really long time to um, to update. Yeah, and I was ex- probably a lot more changes underneath the hood than than you're getting in um, in with Windows 11, which is basically just an updated version of Windows 10. I don't know. Um, I really haven't seen a whole lot of. I haven't gone through all the features yet to see, okay, what's really different because in the day-to-day operation, nothing is different other than Apple deciding that, hey, you remember that custom desktop picture? Now we're just going to overwrite that and put the new Monterey one there because, hey, you that's what you're going to want to see. Don't, don't change my settings like that, jerk-offs. Yeah. Um, I, it, I haven't had any issues, let me put it that way. Yeah, you know, I'm not usually at least the last couple of years when a new Mac comes out, Mac OS comes out, I wait to the point one or point two update. Um, I didn't do that this time. I just went yeah. ahead and updated, and uh, so far so good. I'd, I I have noticed one thing. You know the um, the green button in the window to resize yeah. windows. Now, if you click and hold that you get different options like you can make a split screen or and because i use two different monitors i can say okay i want this on the right side on the left screen yeah that's kind of neat I'd- so it, it, interesting enough windows 11 has also they all they already had that feature in windows 10 where you could just drag windows to the side and they would automatically go half size yeah and then what do you want the other but windows 11 has has improved that i understand so you they have because I I, I use that myself on the, my desktop or my laptop and it worked great. But the the more important thing with the Windows 11 over Windows 10 apparently, and this is kind of a big deal for the way I use my computer, is that if you undock it from a monitor, um, it, it's more, more intelligent how it distributes the apps on your internal screen if you've got a laptop. Yeah, and that was always terrible on Windows. Yeah, and, and apparently now when you redock it, it remembers those settings and puts everything back to where it was before, which it never used to do. And so, Mac, is, so, Mac has been pretty good about that when it comes yeah. to external speakers. You plug in and it puts this window back over here because that's where it was. Um, so it's nice to see Windows kind of following suit. Yeah. You know, we're starting, and we're just really at the beginning of this, is seeing more and more um commingling if you will of features between ios mac windows 11 um they're rolling out the feature now that you can use android apps on it um yeah you know we're just at the beginning is it there there yet no is it coming yes and i don't 
I don't think that's a bad thing. I remember, you know, five, six, seven years ago, Guy Searle was very much into Macs are going to disappear and it's going to be all iOS. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're going to see more iOS come to the Mac and vice versa, but they're not going to replace each other. I still believe that, but if you've got something really cool on the mobile platform that will work just fine on the de- on the desktop or the laptop one, why not bringing it over? Yeah. I have no problem with that. I think I think the thing about Macs and um, Windows PCs as well, people have been talking for a while that maybe Windows would go away. Um, that is becoming less relevant. I think what, what is happening is that the apps themselves are taking more prominence yes. and uh, people are less worried about the platform running underneath. What they want to make sure is the app experience is good on whatever platform they're using. So, Which, at the end of the day, is what we all want. There's yeah, very few p- tinkers left out there, it seems, that's going to get in there and really tinker with the operating system and want to have low-level access. And I, I don't uh, think yeah. there's a that's, – that's not a big thing. It used to be. When I first yeah. got into the Mac, that was a huge thing. You know, there would be applications that you could download, uh, shareware things – um, that you that would let you change the way you know the windows on a Mac looked, or you know silly little things like if you put something in the trash, the the Cookie Monster, or the Trash Guy, Oscar the Grouch would pop up and sing a little song yeah. for you. You know, but, stupid little things like that. Yeah. I, it's just not a thing anymore. Well, the, I think one of the reasons for that is that we all use many more computers than we used to. We used to only just have one computer sat on a desk somewhere in our in our house, and that was the computer. And so customizing it made sense because every time you went to it, you wanted to see your custom changes. Yeah. But if you have multiple computers and you know, with the price of computers really coming down together with the uh, availability of different systems as well and then of course the whole smartphone and what's dri- been driven by that we now all have multiple computers so it doesn't make sense unless you can move those customizations from machine to machine and you apps are definitely front and center on everything now whether well, we course, call them yeah. applications or apps for instance adobe just came out with a beta for photoshop online you yeah. can literally, you have to use Chrome, shocker, um, but you can literally use Photoshop in a window. I haven't used it yet, so I don't know, and I heard it's kind of rudimentary, but for a lot of people, that's probably all they need. Yeah, and, and on, on Chromebooks for for several years, there's been pretty good photo editors that work on the web and are all web-based. I mean, the, there's a whole load of, there are a whole load of things that come along with that. I mean, technically, it's, it's a very impressive achievement, but of course, you do, do need to have decent bandwidth for that to work because um even if the program itself is very efficient on the web you've still got to get the data and some some of these photos nowadays if it's a raw photo are very large you've got to get that data up and down between um where you are and and the cloud service Uh, and of course then that then brings a whole um load of things about you know uh, data security data protection and also most of these systems are subscription based and some people don't want to use subscription systems either so um in some respects it's funny because our computers have never been more powerful and yet um with the cloud movement we're doing less and less on them locally and we're doing much more of them in data centers on on the uh, in the cloud which is kind of weird hold on i gotta change my password for my adobe site <laughs> i'm trying it right now yeah and reset my password did it work? Did my pet? You know, you you go to change your password and it says, "Hey, this password is is not valid." Blah blah blah. So then you change it and it says, "You can't use your previous password." What? 
You just said, oh, I hate yeah. that so much. <laughs> All right, so it is. It is. Um, I've got. I've got to be honest. I mean, one of the. One of the problems with all of these cloud systems is the logon stuff. It is a, such a pain to manage that you've got to have all these different authentications for all these different services, and you're constantly retyping these things. And one of the reasons I, I noticed the big improvement for me when I went from using my uh, gaming laptop PC to using the Xbox is um, the fact that, that I don't have to deal with all of those store apps you know the xbox gaming app and then the ea storefront app and all of those things they all wanted different logins every time you turn the computer on they wanted to update themselves before we could play a game um it was all pain the, the beauty of the xbox is you turn it on and everything just works because it's all going through one one authentication mechanism so i've signed in um well i don't i don't see that this is photoshop there are no cloud documents creative cloud Oh, well, it's probably not generally available yet. It's probably just a, a beta or a demo or something like that. Yeah, this is all the crap that you download, and I don't want that. Yeah. I, 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 know, from, I know from playing around with Adobe Creative Cloud that there is, there's, I think there's an online version of Lightroom, and um, there's definitely an online version of um, Adobe Acrobat that lets you do more than just read. Um, but frustratingly enough, and this is always the problem with these cloud systems, is that they don't replicate the full desktop experience. And so you can be happily using them, and then you suddenly find the function you want to do is not there. And then you think, oh, crap, now I've got to do it locally. And that means, you know, if you don't have it installed locally, then you kind of hit a wall in your workflow. It's. Um, I was really surprised I was doing some stuff on um, in Word on the... Uh, I think it was on an Android device a couple of weeks ago, and I found that all the style stuff that I would normally use doesn't work on the Android version of Office. Um, and that was a real pain because I needed to style some stuff before I sent the document back up. So then I went to the web version, even the web version didn't have quite the styles I wanted. And I, I so, so I'm thinking, oh, well, well, I really need to get a computer out and do it on the full ver- full version of Word. It was a pain. Well, it doesn't look like this is open to everybody because I just, I just tried it with yeah okay, I I don't see where there's I can't find any links for it. Every time I I did a search for it and one of them is Adobe site and it says, open Photoshop on the web beta and if I click it it goes to Creative Cloud and I can't do anything. Well, maybe that's because of the beta. Maybe it's not working properly. Um. To work with Photoshop and the web beta, go to Creative Cloud Web Files. Your your file. I don't have any files. That's a problem. I don't think I've ever used. I had an account, oh, right. but so so yeah. So it's it's looking for. It will only work with files that you've already uploaded to Adobe's cloud. Yeah. Well, and how do you, I? As you don't as you don't have any, it's probably not letting you open. Well, it. I'm going to update one right now. I'm updating a picture of my son's um, picture. So okay, yeah. so that and. Uh, that just shows me the picture. So I don't understand how I can... All right, so I did that. Let me go back now and see how I open it in Photoshop. Oh, right. oh, that is, so it says on the verge, if you're a Creative Cloud subscriber, you can use Photoshop on the web, available as a beta starting today. Illustrator for the web is launching as an invite-only beta, accepting sign-up starting today. 
So it is. It should be available, but it's a beta. Hmm. Yeah. That kind of sucks because. Well, I don't care if it's a beta. I want to try it. That's yeah. Your files and now my, the one I uploaded is gone. It's not there. Oh, yeah. You suck, kind of a little bit there, Adobe. Um. Yeah. It just. It. I don't know. It's not working for me. Which sucks because I kind of wanted to play with it and give a blow by blow of how it works and stuff. But uh, next time. Adobe on the web. So, putting a note so I can make sure I mention that that's what we talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about these professional apps that you can just use in a web browser? I love it. I think it's a great idea. As oh, long as I, they don't want to reach into my wallet every single time I want to use something. So, that's the problem, isn't it? Because yeah. most of these things are subscription-based. Yeah. I mean, I, I recently gave up my uh, Adobe Creative Cloud subscription because I just wasn't using it enough to justify the money. Yep. Um, and again, it was not just as I was, I was just talking about about the the gaming platform uh, store apps on on the PC. Adobe Creative Cloud is quite a big app. Just the thing that you use to access it, yes. and it's updating all the time, and it kind of gets in your face. And you just, you know, I kind of, I really find it very difficult to use. Um, and this is this is a problem with lots of modern software is that rather than give you controls and, and I'm talking about the, the cloud app itself yeah, the, I know not the actual programs yeah I'm talking about the thing that manages all of the programs is rather than give you clear labeled controls and menus for everything you might want to do everything is kind of hidden and you have to kind of stab at stuff to try and find out how to do what you want to do I, I had um, yeah. I had Adobe uh, the full version of Acrobat because that's, that's what I mostly use most of the time, because I have to do a fair amount of PDF work at, at work. Um, I had that installed on a computer, and I wanted to uninstall it, because I was going away from my subscription, and it was really hard to figure out how to do that. And eventually I found an uninstall option inside Creative Cloud, and it didn't work properly, and I ended up having to uninstall it from the from the, from the the uh, Windows interface, you know, the, the add-remove programs. So I uninstalled it from there, but of course, that doesn't uninstall Creative Cloud itself. So I uninstalled Creative Cloud, and then it still left some sort of Adobe Services thing behind that I had to also uninstall. It was it was a pain in the neck, and you just think we know how to do software much better than this nowadays, and yet we don't. And, well, uh, they're also the, trying to find their way in a new world when it comes to applications and payments and and all that. You know, I used the Adobe system for long time um i was a heavy photoshop user and illustrator user a lot of people wonder what the difference is um illustrator is for line art now what do i mean by that think of a cereal box yeah the blue that's on the background behind tony tiger's face that isn't a picture the way you think of it in photoshop that is all created in illustrator it's line art yeah, where it's, instead it's, of a it's, pixels, it's, it says draw a line from point this point yeah. to that point. It's, it's illustration. It is literally drawing, and then allow you to very finely adjust mm-hmm. the way things are drawn, the lines are, fill them all in, then produce a graphic. I was um, way better at photo manipulation and creating graphics ten years ago than I am now because the software that I'm forced to use now because I don't want to use and I don't do it a lot. So there's no yeah. reason for me to subscribe to Adobe Creative Cloud. 
Um, but just the only thing I really use graphics for now is creating artwork for the shows that we do. That's pretty much yeah. it. And it's, you know, the route that I've taken to create them means that they're not very creative, if you will, because yeah. I'm limited with the software I'm using. I'm not saying anything. I'm not dissing the software that I'm using. I usually use Pixelmator, mm -hmm. which is fine. It works good, except I have such muscle memory when it comes to Photoshop that I know how things work in Photoshop. And to me, that's the right way to do it because that's the way I've always done it. So when I have to change it and, and figure out what the nomenclature is on Pixelmator or what the tool is, uh, it, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. You know, some things I like, some things I don't. As a whole, it's a fine alternative, and I actually paid for it because yeah. it was a way cheaper than Photoshop. But if Photoshop would have gave me a basic version that gives me control over text, gives me um, layers, that's really all I need. Yeah, well, they have elements for that, but elements is still really expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the problem is, is you look at um, Affinity Photo and... Uh, Affinity also does a, a drawing program that's like Illustrator. So you look at those, you look at Pixelmator, you look at some of the others. Um, I have Affinity Photo. I, I paid for that too, but yeah. I find it the least intuitive of all of them. Yeah. Um, but all, all the, you can l learn any of these apps. All, all of these apps are far cheaper, cheaper than, than Adobe. Look, I think Creative Cloud is actually, for all people moan about subscriptions, it's actually tremendous value. Oh, if yeah, you look it at is. How no much you, you look at how much you use to play pay for all of those apps the fact that you can get them through a creative cloud subscription for not very much money a month is is actually a real bargain but you have to read to justify the money you have to be using more than one of them in my view um and um the and of course you know adobe are, are not stupid the way their plans are, are structured is that um it often doesn't make much financial sense to pay a few dollars less per month and just get one of the apps when, in fact, for a few dollars more, you get access to all of them, you occasionally need them. But then, then if you do take a step back from the subscription and go, well, okay, it's not very much a month, but actually over the over the over what I'm paying for a year, it's quite a lot of money, um, and maybe I don't have to pay that, then that's that's kind of the break point then. And it, it does really come down to how much you use it. I happily pay for my own Microsoft Office 365 subscription for my own personal use, even though I get access to it through work. Because it's actually um, for a year's a year's um, spend, it's actually really very good value because you get all of the apps, but you also get a terabyte of storage on on OneDrive, and so I use that, and then then I, I have my separate work one as well. Um, so it really just does depend on how much you're spending and what value you get out of the services they offer you. The problem that a lot of smaller companies are doing is that they're migrating these subscription plans and they're you know, four or five dollars a month for one app, and it just looks a really bad value, at sixty, seventy dollars a year, for 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 a single app. You know, for for somebody who's got note taking app or something like that, um, a uh, a cloud a, a the the worst one is the ones where you have a cloud service associated with the device, and then they suddenly announce they're going to subscription when it used to be included. So um, the remarkable tablet, which is a a thing I used to have, I don't have it anymore. But was used is basically it's an electronic ink tablet that allows you to read PDFs um, and also works as a note taker. So you write on it. It's about the size of a of a large um, letter sized piece of paper. It's a pretty nice device, 
and it, it has a cloud service so that anything you write on it gets saved to their cloud. They've just announced that they're moving to subscription for the cloud uh, and any new customers, uh, anybody's bought one up until now is grandfathered in. That's why they emailed me about it. But any new customers are going to have to pay like three, four dollars a month just to get access to this functionality that used to be included for free. And that really sucks. So I just did a search, or I just decided I wanted to see what Adobe Photoshop, just Photoshop, because it's the only one I use. Yeah. Adobe Creative Cloud, if I pay for the entire year prepaid, it's $239, which isn't cheap. Yeah. Monthly plan is $31.49, so you actually save a lot of money if you do an annual pay annual plan paid monthly then it's twenty dollars and ninety nine cents but you're basically yeah. saying I'm gonna keep it for a year. Um so if that's I just, just needed to use it just for Photoshop. That's just Photoshop. So, so if how I much just wanted everything. Uh, I didn't look yet. Let me finish. Right. Um if I just needed to use Photoshop for a, a gig, maybe two or three times a year, that's not a bad deal. I can use it for a monthly plan for thirty two dollars, thirty one dollars and fifty cents, which is thirty one forty nine a month. It's kind of weird pricing but whatever so $32 a month I just need to use it for three months and that's it I'm under 100 bucks to use Photoshop for a professional gig that's not bad because when I had to buy Photoshop I don't even remember what it was now $500 yeah it was it was up there it was certainly the multi hundred dollar range yeah so that's not a bad deal to be honest now for me is it worth 239 dollars every year to make my job a little easier making graphics for our silly shows no it's not um but yeah so let me see how much creative uh creative cloud learn more i don't see where you can just get everything yeah there is the, the that's normally the one they shove right in your face well, it says Creative Cloud. Easy Manager Creative Cloud apps and services. I don't... Because I'm in all apps. Right. Are you sure that $32 a month isn't everything? No, that was just Photoshop. It's Photoshop for Mac and iPad. Okay. Because I can go into Illustrator and it gives me a different... I'm, I'm looking at the uh, plan, uh, Adobe plan comparison here. I'm not seeing where that's even at. I'm just Googling for that. I'm going back to the... Get started with the single or all yeah, app memberships. There we go. Yeah, they, they actually have a... Um, they have a thing that compares photography plans. So, yeah, if you... So, according to this, if you wanted Photoshop and Lightroom as a photography plan, you could get that with 20 gig of storage for nine, $9.99 a month. Yeah, see, I don't understand that. I don't know if that's actually... Is it the full Photoshop? Because... Yeah. If you yeah, go to the says, right all the way, it says Photoshop is twenty dollars and ninety nine cents. No, no, it's no, yeah, because it, that's Lightroom, Lightroom Classic, which is the old version of Lightroom, uh, Photoshop on desktop, Photoshop on iPad, Adobe Spark, Adobe Portfolio, and twenty gig of storage, right? And then if you want one terabyte of storage, then it's twenty dollars a month. And if you just Lightroom on its own, it's one it, with one terabyte storage, it's ten dollars a month as well. So twenty gig of online storage, and you can get Photoshop for ten dollars a month. But this is part of the problem: is that you've actually got to find the plan that works best for you. Well, I don't, so what's the difference between Photoshop, the twenty gig plan, and Photoshop? Because one's ten. But I don't care about the online storage. Right. So it's ten dollars a month to use Photoshop and Lightroom. 
and Lightroom. And Lightroom, yeah. So what's why is that only ten dollars and the other one's twenty twenty one dollars? The other one's well, the other one's giving you more stuff. I think that, um, that comes with Adobe Fresco for drawing and painting, which I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah, but that's, whatever. That's, that's another that's another um, another one that wraps. So well, ten uh, bucks a month is like. Okay, yep. so if I click it up to right, a one here, terabyte, I'm looking now, so there it goes. Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. So the photography plan with that 20 gig is $10 a month. For all apps in Creative Cloud is $52.99 a month. If you want just Acrobat, it's $15 a month. Yeah, the Photoshop on its own is $20.99 uh, and comes with Adobe Fresco. So I don't understand why that's more than the Lightroom version. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell Fresco is. I've never... Uh, Fresco is like their... It's, it's a little bit like a mix between um, Illustrator and Photoshop. It's kind of does the both, but it's really designed for people drawing with the stylus. Premiere Pro on its own is twenty ninety nine. Illustrator is twenty ninety nine. InDesign is twenty ninety nine. So all the apps on their own are at twenty ninety nine. Audition, if you want that, Animate, and then they have some collection type things as well. But this is the this is the problem. There's a dizzying array of plans and also as well some of these prices that's those prices are all for individuals there's some business plans that are more um like for a business it's 80 dollars per month per license and that probably license you to allows uh, oh that gives you a management control and console and instant asset syncing across devices but also um i might do it dude to be honest yeah well i tell you if you for 120 um, bucks i can get photoshop for a year yeah, I, I to me that that's kind of worth it because I love Photoshop. I'll be honest with you. I think it's when it comes to what I'm the the basic stuff I'm doing and the touch up that I that's the other thing I should say. There's yeah. a lot of times I'm still touching up photos before I upload them to somewhere or that Julie needs a picture cleaned up. It's I'm so hamstrung. Yeah, doing any of that stuff. I just I nowadays I generally say I you know. No, I can't really do that because I don't have the control that I want in these other applications that I have. So here's the thing. Obviously, you have children. Yeah. If you register with your child's um, school email address, you can access the student pricing. And that's $20 a month for everything in Creative Cloud. That's everything. Everything. But see, I, I don't use Illustrator like I would. I don't think Premiere Pro, uh, I don't do any video editing. I'm not going to use After Effects. If you're not going to use Illustrator, if it's just Photoshop only, then it's not worthwhile. No. Yeah. Uh, you're better with so, the... Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, that's interesting to know. So, uh, You see, um, Raspberry Pi is uh, getting hard to get one of those because of the supply chain issues. Yeah, in fact, they they just announced uh, a couple of days ago the uh, Raspberry Pi Zero W, which is the tiniest, the tiny one. one they did. Yeah, which used to be, uh, I think, the non-wireless one was five pounds for for that. Um, it's a tremendous computer, five pounds. It really is. Um, they upgraded the, I think, the the wireless version, which is a little bit more, to uh, have basically the same. Keep talking, price. David. I got to go yeah. scare the cat out of something the same multi-core processor that the Raspberry Pi 3 has. So um, effectively, they've taken this tiny little computer and made it much, much more powerful. I mean, it's, it's kind of like five, I think performance terms say, five or six times more powerful. 
And the, the great thing about the Zero is it can fit in really tiny things. So if you like retro gaming, you can get a, a Game Boy case that a Zero will go into and you can run RetroPie on that. Um, and now you'll have much more power because the Zero was okay, but it really, you hit its limits quite quickly. It, the Zero was really designed almost as a kind of an embedded controller type situation. So now you can get a much more powerful one and those are available because they've just been launched. So uh, I purchased one straight away so I could make sure I have one in my uh, in my toolkit. But yeah, unfortunately Raspberry Pi is, like everyone else, is facing chip shortages and it's really starting to limit um, quite a lot of things. And I'm, I'm hearing that the um, industry is now saying that this isn't a short-term problem, that the impact on... Um, on distribution and manufacturing and part supply and everything actually might last for years rather than months um, because everything is so interconnected uh, and a shortage in one part means somebody can't manufacture another part that means they can't sell it to a third party who's going to use it in their device so uh, the whole thing is incredibly complicatedly interconnected and um means that it's going to take a long time for things to settle down. So I hope that's not the case, because I think we're still at the beginning of this, and um, Tim has already said that cars have, have been pretty badly affected in terms of new deliveries, but um, I suspect some of our other um, tech gadgets and everything might be affected going forward. And the problem is, you know, all right, you could say, oh, okay, it's a big deal, people can't buy a new iPhone or a new Android phone, it's probably better for the planet anyway. But all the embedded systems that we use, um, till point systems and manufacturing control systems and building new power plants and things like that are all also going to be affected because basically everything we do nowadays in the Western world relies on electronics. And if you can't get electronics made and installed, then people are going to have a problem. For instance, Tim won't be able to come back from sorting out his cat because of his dependence on electronics. I'm sure there's an electronic solution that he's trying to deal with there. And we hear nothing, which means he can't hear us. So we could say about him whatever we wanted. Ah, oh, that Tim Robertson. Always going on about his flat top grill. Eating all that meat. Hasn't he heard that we've got a planet to save? Still nothing. Maybe he's put the cat on the flat top grill. Cat on a flat top grill. That would be the sequel to Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. There it is. That was the cat jumping off the hot grill. Come on, Tim. I've got nothing more to say. Uh, you know what? I think that cat needs its own podcast because effectively features in this one every single week. I know what he's done with it. What could it? What possibly could he have done to it? Where? How far away does he have to move the cat to avoid it destroying the rest of the podcast? Sounds like he's back. Do you think he's eaten the cat? That would be a Halloween thing to do. I was just Tim. Hello. I was just I was just saying that that pod, that cat needs its own podcast, considering how much time it takes up on ours. Yeah cats what are you gonna do what did you do with it because you were gone for a long time yeah i'll explain later <laughs> okay cat's in big trouble no it's our fault it's your I, fault i found a thing that it really likes there's a uh 
I did a search for birds on YouTube, and it's this little right. perch, and birds fly down and eat food and fly off, and the cat will stare hours at it. Yeah. But only if the sound's on, because so here's a twittering. All right, so it doesn't actually attract real birds. Oh, yeah, it'll look at real birds, but... No, I'm saying the sound of the TV has to be on, so it can hear the bird sounds. Oh, right, okay. So, so the you cat's actually... ears will perk up and look at the TV and... You actually turned on the TV to keep the cat occupied. Yeah, so in the kitchen. Listeners, I, I, told, well, I, did, I did speculate. I was talking about supply chain electronics and how it's going to affect everything. And then I said, maybe the reason he's gone for so long is because of electronics affecting dealing with the cat. Yes. Who knew that I was actually right? You were right. It will sit there and stare at the TV, and I, if I do it here in the office, it can get up right next to the TV and it'll swat at the TV. But if I do it in the kitchen, it's you know on the wall, it's way up, it can't reach it. So it'll just sit there and stare at it, and its tail will kind of get a little like, ooh, I want to get that bird right there. That this this cool. was a rescue kitty. It came to us before it should have been released from its mom, but it didn't have a mom, so... You know, we felt we fed it, bottle fed it at first, and you know, so its whole life it just knows this house. It's not an outdoor cat. This is why this cat likes the TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it knows. It's yeah. its world. It's its window to the world, and she uh, she really has a thing about birds and yeah. squirrels so much. But I've noticed if I put squirrels on the TV, she doesn't care. But yeah. birds with the tweeting sounds and flying out of screen. She her whole head will move like it just went that way. Where did it go? So you need to give her a device running Flappy Bird. To yeah, play. that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the supply chain is affecting everything. Yep, that's what I was just saying. I said that the problem is is it's the electronics needed to make other electronics to go into devices are now being affected, which means that it is affecting everything because everything has electronics in it. I saw a video. Maybe I talked about this already. I'm not sure. I saw a video where the the news reports that day, anyways, was complaining that the problem is at the ports, that they're not getting because they have all they have hundreds of cargo ships, for instance, outside of L.A. Yep. In in um, Seattle, and or no Portland, and they can't get them unloaded quick enough, and some of it's you know stuff that's going to spoil food stuff yeah but a lot of it is electronics and wood and you name it yep and that the problem is they're not getting them done quick enough so then i saw this video this crane operator and i want to say it was in los angeles but i don't remember to be honest and he says see the problem isn't us see all these containers the problem is the semi-truck drivers we don't have enough truck drivers to take all the stuff so don't blame us at the port. It's the drivers. The very next video was a guy sitting in a semi at the same port. And he says, I've been here for four hours. They're not loading any of the trucks. And he pans behind them. And there's a line of 55, 60 trucks. And they're all waiting. Yeah. And then he pans back to one of the cranes that is used to put these containers on the back of a semi truck. And he says, they're not loading anything. I'm the first in line and I've been here for four hours. So everyone's pointing their fingers at everybody else and nothing's getting done. Well, the reality is is that all of those things are true because the ports are also, because of the ship shortages and the ship the, the slowdown in ship deliveries, 
the ports are already are also crammed with empty containers and they can't they, 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 there's actually like a, a space issue now they can't unload some of the ships because they've got so many empty containers that need to be loaded onto other ships to get them out right and also as well because there has been a slowdown in in truck deliveries due to the pandemic yeah that's also another reason why they're they're built up with containers and with stock. All the, the, the difficulty is is that the, the globalized uh, supply chains that we've built over the last twenty years, they only work if the whole thing is humming along. Yeah, if one thing breaks, it ripples through that the entire supply chain. Yeah, and they're all designed to be. So the, the reason everything we buy now is is often so cheap is because these supply chains are hyper efficient. When they're working properly, they're incredibly efficient. That's how you can get a pair of jeans manufactured in the Far East, put in a container, shipped across the sea, shipped by truck from the port to your local Walmart, and you can still pay five bucks for them. Yep. That is how that happens. It's it's a, Depending on your point of view, it's a, almost a miracle of supply chain economics. But the problem is, is that that only works and those incredibly cheap prices can only be achieved if everything works smoothly. And as soon as you get a hitch, the whole thing kind of shudders and f- falls so hot. And once, it, once it's stopped, then the knock-on effects just ripple all the way back and forth through the, through the system. It's kind of like hitting a steel cable that's really tight. Yep. And you bang on it and it goes wang. And it does that for ages as, as the, um, the shockwave you've generated runs up and down the cable that's exactly what's happening in these supply chains now it's so, also how they made the laser sounds in the first star wars movie yeah that too but um but that was before we had if we'd have had highly um, um hyper optimized supply chains back then then those steel cables would have been a lot cheaper to make yes, those noises that's true yeah your ticket price for star wars would have been a lot less so you know what a, you know what the lasers sound like in a church don't you pew 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 um so, <laughs> God, we're king of the dad jokes today. Yeah, well, yeah. we did get uh, an email uh, from Brendan, if you want to read it. I do. And I he's know. talking about where I just didn't see the market personally for an iPad mini. Either get a big phone or get a regular iPad. The iPad mini, I still am a firm believer it's not a big seller, which is why it took forever for Apple to update it because just not a lot of people were even buying it then, even when it was still a brand new problem prior product. I, and I would bet of all iPads, iPad minis, maybe 10%. If that. Yeah. Didn't we read this already? I don't think so. Well, maybe, maybe I, maybe you, I'll just you, you read it to yourself and read it to myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, remember the words of EF Schumacher. Yeah. He was, Small he used to be- live next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very say, small house. It's a very small house. And you say, get on my tiny lawn. Um, small is beautiful, he said. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. I, I think he had a Napoleon complex myself. <laughs> <laughs> or he was trying to... Wow. Very there it nice. Is. There you there go. Is, yeah. I like it. Um... Uh, so he says, uh, Brendan says, I bought a maxed out 2019 Mini and it's my all-time favourite iPad by a long way. Even for my age, I say it's, the screen is crisp and readable. I subsequently bought a maxed out plain vanilla bog standard iPad, mainly for reading, especially on the sofa and in bed. 
I don't own a TV, brackets hate the things, so I do a lot of reading. I How do you hate TVs? I don't get that. I I hate a big screen where I can just <laughs> look at content well, maybe in glorious I, colors. I think, and I think perhaps the subtext there is he doesn't like the content on TV. Well, that's that. stupid, too, because there's so much content, and you don't have to watch TV TV. You can watch all this web content. To I say that like there's that nothing on TV nowadays is silly, quite honestly. Well, there's so much on TV. But he hates it. Yeah, but he hates it all. all right. It's so all. It does it's, lo- anyway, does a lot of reading. That's fine. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good for you. Um, in other things he hates... I also refuse to own an iPhone, which is in no way an alternative to an iPad mini... Don't get me started on why I absolutely hate smartphones or will be here for a long time. So what's the difference between your iPad mini and a phone? The only difference, well, size, not by much if you get the big iPhone, but beyond the size, why he hates smartphones, then Uh, you should hate your iPad mini as well. Other than there's no radio chip for an actual cell network in in the... iPad mini, there is no difference, Brandon. If you don't think they're tracking across the webs and stuff like that on your iPad, you're crazy. Maybe, maybe he doesn't like the fact that people are looking at their phones all the time because they've always got them with them. With them and with Remember them when, when you when used to hear, like, all oh, these millennials always got their faces stuck in their phones? It's not millennials anymore. It's it still is. It's everyone. You know, we have a waiting room, and our clientele skews older than even me for the most part. They're all sitting there looking at their phones, all yeah. of them. I, I went, I, I, we went out for lunch yesterday, and when, as I walked back from the bathroom, I walked past five tables, and everybody on each of the table was staring at their phone. Yeah. Some of them were talking to each other as well, but the phone was definitely out, and that was not just all young people either. That was all different ages. When we go out to dinner at a restaurant or whatever, you are, or if we're even eating here at home, you are not allowed to play with your phone while yeah. we're eating. If we're sitting at a restaurant, you can use your phone if you want to check in on Facebook and post a photo. That's fine. Yeah. Beyond that, no. You're not on your phone. You're not playing with stuff while we're at the table. Yep, yeah, agree. I'm the same. But yep. there you go. A lot of people aren't like that. Anyway, let me go back to Brendan. For reading web pages, RSS feeds, and ebooks, the basic iPad is, as David pointed out, not only a fantastic machine, but also a fantastic value for such a high-quality device. That is true. I, I use the Mini more when moving about the house from room to room. It should watch, my, you should watch where you're going, though. <laughs> it houses my podcatcher, Downcast, I'm subscribed to 80 podcasts, and music apps, C's, CS. CS. I don't know what that is. No, I don't know what that is either. So it is my main listening device and my standby reading device. I would never attempt to use any model of iPad for anything productive. That's when I want a Mac with a keyboard. The minute I have to type more than three characters, it is Mac time. The app-centric iOS is a POS for productivity versus the doc-centric macOS. Mm. Give me files and folders and a proper keyboard or give me death. I disagree with that. but I, I disagree with it as well. Yeah. Um, on I, some I do, level. I do agree that you really do need a keyboard to be productive on an iPad. Um, and, and since I started buying the devices that Apple makes that actually provide you with a decent keyboard all the time, um, it massively improved my iPad productivity. Yeah. So I had the smart keyboard folio that folded around that kind of has the flat keyboard with the fabric on it. And that was pretty good. I, I like that a lot, but it didn't have a touchpad. 
my brother gave me um or he sold to me for not very much money uh, a magic keyboard for the for the for my ipad air and that is fantastic it really is uh, and the great thing about it is you can pop the ipad off put it in a regular cover if you just want to do tableting but then you put it on there and it, it makes it much much more productive yep um and i can do you know as somebody who lives in the office microsoft office environment i can do lots of productive work on an ipad and the difference there is is that the office cloud the uh, um onedrive cloud is integrated directly into the apps so that means i do have a file system on my ipad for my my productive apps because it's all provided by onedrive um and uh, if you've not tried that uh, brendan you might want to try that because it's a little bit of an eye-opener it really is and with iOS 15 and the much easier to access multitasking stuff, uh, makes it even better. So, uh, anyway, um, he, he, to finish off, he says, if you told me I could only have one iPad, I would choose the Mini in a nanosecond, no contest. Yeah, I would say mine would be the new M1 iPad. Um, the screen is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the weight for what it does is crazy. Uh, and it is faster than my iMac. And yeah. I saw rendering video on it done mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Friends got one. And it smoked my iMac on a yeah. twice the size video file. Uh, yep. the, uh, the iMac M1, oh my God, that thing is the real deal. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that. Um, that I think one of the limitations with the iPad is the the as I was saying previously that sometimes the level of functionality of the apps doesn't go as far as something you can get on a desktop or a laptop computer. Correct. But but certainly I think we're much further down the road of tablets being produ- pro, uh, productivity devices than we used to be. I think you know five years ago that Brenda's comment was perfectly fair, but nowadays I I'm, I'm not sure I do. Yep. Uh, Brenda says, and when or if travel resumes to anything like normal, the Mini is the champion device. I used to regularly travel to New York for cycling. Its lightness and compactness is unbeatable for travel. Not true. The iPhone destroys it for all of those reasons. The iPhone is faster, better screen, way more compact. And quite honestly, because you're always connected to the Internet, you you can't beat it. There's no contest there. If you if you and and if everything is very app centric, then that definitely applies. And also, I I um, you know, I used to have that iPod Touch I told you about, the one I got for free. Yeah. Well, relatively free. I bought a five five pound um, iPod Nano, the original one. Yeah. From a secondhand store, and um, when I found out they had a recall on it, I called Apple up and said, "Oh, we got a recall on this. Can you replace it with one that's been fixed?" And they sent me an iPod Touch instead. Yeah. So I sold that recently, obviously for massive profit, and I actually invested the money in a used XS Max, Apple iPhone XS Max, with the largest screen you can get virtually on a on an iPhone. That's what Nicole has. So I, yeah, and I use that in the in, in the bedroom now, kind of as a tablet. Yep. Almost. And because it's so large, it's kind of like having a very small tablet. It's really kind of cool. And if you, the, blur, the lines are really blurring now between those largest iPhones and the iPad mini. It's yeah. not quite there yet, but they are pretty close. And those, um, I know the mini's got a brand new screen on it and everything, but the uh, the um, even on a, a two, three-year-old phone like the XS Max, the quality of the, of the OLED screens on there really is very, very good. Yep. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, li- I really, really like the XS Max. Anyway, um, 
Brandon says, speaking of which, as an experiment, I recently bought a Kindle Paperwhite in anticipation of travelling long distances on trains, planes. Superb, superb bit of kit for reading books and being TV-less. I have a lot of books. Very impressed. Now that I will, I will 100% agree with you. Yeah. When, if you're just wanting to read books, you cannot, and I repeat this, you cannot beat a Kindle Paperwhite. It is by far the best device ever created to just be a book reader. And, and yep. I don't think anything will ever beat it because everything is multi. It, it destroys the iPad or the iPhone or an Android or any kind of tablet for reading. It yeah. is simply, it's the closest you're going to get to reading an actual book. The it, yeah. it's it's an amazing device worth every penny. If you're a heavy book reader like Brendan, get a Paperwhite. Yeah, they just updated it. And now it now has the vast majority of the features that the much more expensive Kindle Oasis has. Yep. So uh, it has um, USB-C charging. It has um, kind of the uh, nightlight type mode where it can it can amb- it can vary the the color of the lighting to kind of suit the uh, environment you're in. It has ambient light detection, so the um, the backlighting automatically varies depending on. In brightness, depending on, on whether you're in, in the bright sunlight or the dark, um, and yeah, those Kindles are the only and, and it's water, fully waterproof as well. Those Kindles are the only devices you can really effectively read without eye strain in yep. bright sunlight. Yeah. So if you if you like to sit outside, even if you're not a beach hound or a pool hound, but you like sitting outside, those are are um, a, a the best as as you say the best devices oh by the way the battery lasts for weeks too yeah i was gonna say you're talking about usb charging (laughs) when you have to charge it maybe once if you're constantly using it maybe once every couple weeks tops yeah and even the even the most basic models they have a lot of storage in but books are tiny so yeah books are nothing books on the things yeah you have a whole library on there you will never run out of books no the paper white's amazing on them as well yep um and uh you can even get newspapers and stuff like that for them um, yes, definitely highly recommended. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to get feedback from you, just like from Brendan. We are at the show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you can always go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a message in uh, the show notes. Or go to Facebook or Twitter. You'll find us both there. Meta. Beta, meta. Meta. I, mean, I didn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's so, stupid. It's uh, the most uh, stupid thing ever. It's, yeah. So anyways, we will uh, be back in a week with the Geeks Pub, and I'll see you then, David. See you then.